0: You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, your team. every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day.
1: You know the drill by now. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Ashew, nickashew.com slash locked on Redskins if you want some blog content as well or just nickashew.com. There's a lot of stuff that you can read and watch, and that's what I do. That's what the website's all about. Of course, I'm with 106.7 The Fan, NBC Sports Washington, and today's going to be a little bit of a different podcast in the sense that no practice today for the Redskins. It's an off day, but there was a lot of players that spoke coaches included over the past couple of days so I want to be able to bring that to you because it's not something you always have access to and that's the beauty of this podcast is it doesn't always have to be me just yapping at you we had Chris Russell yesterday and I'm sure he was an experience if you had not experienced the rooster before uh, but we'll hear from Jay Gruden what do he thinks about Darius Geis because Barry, Darius Geis is really really good at video games which I guess everybody is it's 21 now at this point I remember the days when I still played Madden I haven't played video games in a long time I miss it Misplaying him. Also hear from D'Angelo Hall, who officially announced his retirement. He spoke to the media. So it's important that we get those to you because you're not gonna get those everywhere else. That's the beauty of this podcast. Josh Doxon, though, giving us a scare. Real scare. We talked about earlier this week on the podcast about the injury bug for the Redskins, right? It's been a problem. It was a problem last year. Uh, first round picks the last couple years for the Redskins have had major issues from Josh Doxon, his rookie year, and I mean he played. Plenty his second year, but he wasn't necessarily that consistent, and he's always still been kind of an injury worry. Jonathan Allen last year missing half of the season with his injury. So, look, there is always going to be that freakout factor with Redskins fans, right? When you hear Josh Doxon falls down, and gets hurt, somebody lands on a shoulder, and he's in pain. That's what happened. Josh Norman landed on a shoulder. He left. Jay Gruden saying yesterday that he's good. He's going to miss a couple of days. Could be back on Saturday. There's a possibility that we'll see him out there then. I can imagine they'll probably be cautious with him. And this is what you have to do as an organization. Like, you have to put yourself in a position where you just have to understand how different players are treated different ways, right? Like, coaches will tell you a lot that you have to coach different players different ways, different personalities, right? They respond to criticism a certain way, they respond to um, emotional reactions a certain way versus calm reactions from a coach a certain way. You can't just go flying off the handle and screaming at guys on a regular basis. There are times where, as a coach, you got to learn to manage the personalities and the players and the talents you have on your team in different capacities. And it also has to do with how a player is managed with injuries, with his body, with his recovery. And Josh Doxson is likely just going to be one of those guys that you're going to have to manage differently, like a Jordan Reed. Hopefully not a Jonathan Allen or anybody else, but there's certainly that possibility too. They're going to have to understand that – He may not be able to practice in full on a regular basis. That may just be the way his career is. I mean, look, he had that precautionary MRI on his Achilles to start training camp. A lot of people freaked out about it. I didn't. And the reason I said that I didn't worry about that was because of the fact that when you have a player that has the history, that has that worry, you take extra precautions. It's like so. when I was in West Virginia recently, uh, we were on Cheat Cheat Lake, and there's a huge dam there. And you look at that dam and you think, If that thing broke, that's a lot of water going into Morgantown, right? So if you have a Josh Doxson who has had injuries before, it's kind of like a dam. You inspect every little detail just for precautionary measures because just the slightest little crack can turn into a massive problem. So the Redskins handled that the right way, and they're lucky that it turned out to not be anything worse with his shoulder. He tweeted out after the injury, too, that, look, you know, hashtag I'm good the praying hands, because that's all everybody does now is just put it out on Twitter first, and that's the way that it works. And I'm, I'm fine with that, but we know like Doxon's no stranger to injuries in camp, and he had to deal with that Achilles injury. It took away all but two games of his rookie year. So the fact that he's going to be worked along slowly, but it's still going to be something that they have to worry about at least a little bit, just expect this to be a conversation and a talking point throughout the time of training camp. Now, look, Darius Geis is obviously the name, too, that everybody's excited about. I said this on the radio a while ago. He's already the face of the franchise. And a lot of people got mad. And, look, I don't care if you get mad at that. You need to understand that the face of the franchise doesn't make you the best player. It means that you're the most marketable player. And that's what we're getting with Darius Geis right now. He is everywhere. He's out with fans. He's celebrating the Caps, winning the Stanley Cup. He's taking fans to the movies. He's he's recognizable. There's viral videos of him jumping over barrels like That's the face of the franchise right there. A future star, we hope, that also is relatable to fans. People like him. Everyone's buying his jerseys. I'm telling you now, Trent Williams may be the all-pro on this team. Trent Williams may be the legend. But you just don't see that many people wearing a number 71 jersey. You're going to see a lot of number 29 jerseys. That's just how this works. Look, RG3 was the face of this franchise before he ever played a game. Now, it's different circumstances. It's quarterback number two overall pick versus the 59th overall pick, but Redskins need a running back. They need somebody in that backfield that can contribute, and he's that player. Now, granted, if he struggles this year, that's going to change the the mindset, but you'll also still have a built-in excuse. Honestly, I hate to use the word excuse, but he will kind of have a built-in excuse with Darius Geis and say, this is rookie year, right? Still learning the game a little bit. Now, we've seen all the time rookie running backs come in and, dominate the league right away in fact if there's any position where a player is the most ready to not only just contribute in a meaningful way but I mean be a badass right it's running back we've seen that far too often in this league so there are high expectations for Darius Geis I expect the guy probably not to rush for a thousand yards I could see him about 800 he's going to catch more balls out of the backfield than people will anticipate because they just didn't do that much at LSU they just didn't throw the ball it's a little bit unfair for us to put this pressure and these expectations on Darius Geis, but this is what comes with being this player that's out front in front of everybody. Being that guy that's supposed to come in and fix a position that's had a lot of struggles over the years. I don't want to put that 1,000-yard mark on him just because I don't want to get let down. I anticipate them also putting themselves in a position where they're, they're moving around different running backs in that backfield. They're going to have multiple guys back there. Jay Gruden's going to want to spread the wealth a little bit when it comes to carries. But look, if Darius Geis can tear that away and essentially move on and separate himself from the rest of the pack, yeah, you could see him getting close to 1,000 yards. I'm just not going to put that on him because I don't want to be let down, honestly, if he doesn't. Plus, look. I understand Chris Thompson's going to be regulated in terms of how many touches he gets, but they're going to give him a lot of time back there, especially in passing situations. You put Chris Thompson in your backfield, so that'll take away some of the snaps uh, that Darius Geis is going to end up having. All right, Jay Gruden talked about Darius Geis, and one of the reasons why he thought maybe he fell in the draft, or why it's stupid to think that he fell in the draft for this reason. Get to Gruden next. It's the Locked on Redskins podcast.
0: You are locked on Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Look, we're all busy at times, right? Like, it's really hard to find time to go to the gym. We hear it all the time. You got vacations in the summer. You've got tons of work, maybe in the wintertime, whatever that is. You need motivation, and maybe you want a trainer or a group class, but that's time consuming. It gets really expensive after a while. If you've ever wished that you could have the gym come to you, Nordic Track has a series of training equipment that would give you. Amazing workouts in the convenience of your homes. you don't have to leave, which is great because a lot of times we just don't want to leave our house. They got treadmills, exercise bikes, incline trainers, strength, whatever you're looking for. They have all of this. You put it in your home. You don't leave. You don't drive. You don't sit in traffic. You don't deal with other sweaty people that don't wipe down the machines. It's perfect. You can even check this out. Join high-energy streamed workouts any time of the day without stepping out the door because we love technology. And again, it's another way that you don't actually have to leave your house and still not be totally lazy. Here's the cool thing, too. You can join these streamed workouts in studios and exotic destinations around the world. Like, they're really creative with this, too. Start your day with a run through the streets of Paris. You can end with cross-training on the shores of Thailand or work out on an African safari and you don't actually still, again, have to leave your house at all. The workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to ensure that you meet your fitness goals. And we got a special offer for Locked On Redskins listeners. Get $75 off your NordicTrack purchase by visiting nordictrack.com slash locked on and using the offer code locked on. Again, that's N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C dot com slash locked on and use the offer code locked on during checkout and save $75 off your purchase with NordicTrack.
0: You are locked on Redskins.
1: All right, no practice today for the Redskins down at training camp. Jay Gruden did speak, though, on Josh Doxson and his injury situation, also what his immediate future is in terms of how they're going to manage him, and also Darius Geis and some of the rumors as to why he dropped in the draft. He's apparently a really, really good video game player. Here's Gruden.
2: Josh is okay. Uh, Everything checked out fine.
3: You said he'll be out a couple days.
2: Uh, probably. Today's going to be a light day for these. I'm going to try to taper off some of the running. They have a day off tomorrow, and then we're going to get after Saturday.
3: What kind of camp had he been having to this point?
2: Josh? Good. Very good. Very good. You know, um, done a lot of good things down the field, quick game, everything. He's, in, he's been good. Uh, we've asked you about some of the backup offensive linemen previously at the guard spot. What, are you, what have you seen so far from guys like Catalina and Callis? And do you see any future starters from those reserves? Well, that's what we're trying to figure out. You know, Catalina, Kalis, Rainey, uh, obviously Bergstrom. um, We're moving those guys around quite a bit. Um, So we're trying to find the right grouping. And it's a wide open battle. So um, time will tell on that. But they're all doing a pretty good job. We just got to get them in pads and uh, more and more and more and more team run reps, more pass protection, more blitzes, all that stuff, and get our evaluations going.
1: Uh, Coach, when you've got two first-round draft picks on the interior of your defensive line, naturally they're going to garner a lot of the attention from the outside, but last year Matt Ioannidis took a big leap forward in his development, and so far at camp he's looked disruptive up the front. What are you seeing from him in terms of how his development has gotten him to where he is, and what excites him? Uh, what excites you about him going into 2018?
2: Well, Matt's a very hard-nosed player. He plays with great energy, passion, um, tenacious type guy, and, and he had a turf toe out here he's been fighting through it so it's kind of slowed him down a little bit Um, as that gets better you'll see more of the true Matt Ioannidis but uh, he's a guy that just is one of the hardest working guys in the weight room he's going to get stronger and stronger I don't know how much more stronger he can get because he uh, already is strong but uh, great guy to have rotational type defensive lineman, starter Um, play four technique five three nose whatever you want him to play he'll play it Um, great guy
0: good player Jay, entering the second full week of, of camp. What's one thing you've seen that has you feeling optimistic about this bunch? One thing? I mean, you can list as many as you want.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, to, a lot of reason to be optimistic. You know, this is training camp. I think every NFL team should be optimistic right now. I mean, what the heck. Uh, but feel good about our quarterbacks. Our running back room has a lot of depth. There's a lot of talent. Our receivers. Uh, we got a lot of different type of guys there. quick, fast, big. Physical uh, tight end group is exciting. We got Vernon still. Sprinkle is emerging as a very good blocking tight end. Uh, Flanagan is doing a lot of good things. Obviously, Maness is here. Jordan Reed when he gets back. Uh, offensive line, once we get our guys back, it's a lot of good players there, a lot of good depth. Defensive line, we're excited about without a doubt. Outside backers, what can you say about Kerrigan, Preston, Petey, and Ryan Anderson and the rest of the group and inside linebackers? So there's there, we have a good group of players here. Defensive backs, don't want to leave them out. Otherwise, Josh will tweet about me. Uh, he's doing good. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to be out to miss about. Now it's just a matter of getting everything put together. And uh, every team in NFL has a lot of talent, as we do. Now it's just a matter of getting it all together, and protecting the football, and doing what we have to do to win games. Uh, next time we see you after today, will be uh, Fan Day on Saturday. What, what's different about that day, have, having all the people here, and, and what kind of show you guys want to put on? Um, not a lot different really we're just gonna have a a, a practice and I might do some more uh, live uh, type things for twos and threes and all that stuff but uh, it's just hopefully more people come out be more energetic for the players but it'll be a great day I I know that we're gonna push them pretty hard on Saturday and today's gonna be
0: kind of a lighter day I tapered off a little bit Uh, but uh, Saturday will be a good day Jay you uh, you talked about Pernell McPhee pretty in detail yesterday Uh, when you guys were signing him how much did his uh, injuries, the physical stuff he's dealt with, come up as you debated if that was a good idea? And how has he been through camp so far? You know, any concerns there at all? I well, only missed yesterday with an injury. Just
2: kidding. He, he's yeah. done. He's done great. He's he, he's done great. You know, I, I mentioned Pernell the other day, and uh, you know, I talked about. I think his ability to move around the defensive front is exciting. On third down, you know what I mean? First, second down, he's going to be an outside linebacker. He'll back up Kerrigan and Preston Smith. Um, gives much needed depth at that position. You know, the 3-4 defense can't function without four, at least four, maybe five a good outside linebackers. So uh, he's one of them. And then and third down, that's where I think he's going to make his Hey, He can play over the guard. He can play defensive end, uh, a lot of good things. But he's a great player. Um, and uh
0: just gotta keep him healthy do you do you think that reserve role will help him stay healthy a little bit in terms of maybe in chicago he was expected to do a little bit more than yeah, maybe what you guys are
2: maybe gonna do. but we're, we're gonna expect a lot out of him um so we'll we'll see how it goes but uh i, I like everything about what he's brought to this football team so far um and uh, we just gotta make sure we have a good plan for him especially on third down and uh hopefully we can get a good year out of him
0: jay before the draft we heard a lot about darius geist playing games and things of that
3: nature what if any impact did that have uh, on the team's evaluation of him before the draft
2: video games yeah Um, if I graded somebody down because of video games I probably wouldn't have a football team out here I think (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody plays video games uh, this day and age this Fortnite thing is going crazy Uh, Madden you know they're playing soccer in there I don't they all play it so uh, Darius is uh, probably most known for it for some reason, but that uh, had no bearing whatsoever on us taking them or not taking them. Do, do you play? I do not. I used to play all the time, but not anymore. Hey Jay, keeping on the running back theme uh, with all with the backs that you have and the depth that you mentioned, what do you need to see or what do you want to see to determine who's going to get the workload? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I, I feel good about all of them at this point right now, but eventually we're going to have to settle in on one one and a half. Guys, or two guys, you know, somebody's going to get the bulk of the carries, and I think the preseason games will tell a lot of that. Um, just consistent approach to the game, but you know, Samaje, Rob, uh, obviously Darius, they've they've all proven they're worthy of getting the ball. You know, now it's just a matter of trying to find the one that is most. certain that could change week to week. You know, who knows? You know, it's it's not a bad thing to have multiple guys get the ball. You keep these guys fresh and healthy. Um, you know, you pound guys up there a few times and you give Rob the ball and here comes Chris Thompson or Byron Marshall I mean uh, obviously you can only dress three probably on game day but uh, to get all these guys a lot of work is, is not a bad thing
3: Jay some players have mentioned the conditions of the field and just a lot of mud around how do you combat that with practice moving guys around or different position groups or or do you worry about when guys are making cuts you know when it's slippery out there
2: uh, I I don't know. I just try to move the ball around, you know. Try to stay out of the muddy spots. Um, hopefully, the sun will dry it up. But uh, the field has been pretty good, except for a couple areas. The sidelines aren't very good. Obviously, back in the end zones aren't very good, so we stay away from theirs. But nothing I can do. You know, we got to practice, so got to practice in the mud.
1: Hey, coach, what have you seen from Paul Richardson in these last couple weeks? It seemed to get banged up a little bit, but. Bounce back and make big plays, even in practice.
2: Yeah, Paul's a guy that uh, you have to just continue to watch on tape. You know, the quarterbacks when I see him, or even when he doesn't get the ball, uh, there's a lot of things that he does when he doesn't get the ball. You say, "Dang, I could have thrown it to Paul here too." You know, he, he does a great job of getting open, and he's getting a great, better feel for what we're trying to do and the angles and the routes. Um, I've, I've been very impressed with Paul. You know, coming in here, learning an entirely new system, uh, playing in a position that uh, you know is new to him with the terminology. Uh, different route cuts, lining them up a lot of different spots. I think he's done a great job and he's going to continue to get better. But uh, he's the type of guy, like I said, that Alex, Colt, they're going to have to just continue to watch him because he he really can run. Coach
3: Gruden, um, how do you feel about your backup middle linebackers, Josh Harvey Clemens? I saw him working with the ones a little bit and Zach Vigil. How do you feel about them behind Brown and Foster?
2: yeah they're doing good um and obviously sean Dion's doing a lot of good things so i've been impressed with him also so that's another position that's going to be uh, fun to watch you know i think a lot of it will have to do with uh, could have to do with special teams a backup the third, third and fourth, and fifth inside linebacker—they have to be very good on special teams. There's no fans or buts about it. So um, I think Coach Catwick will have a lot of say in that. But uh, Vigil came in last year at the end of the year. and had a good, great game against Denver. Uh, did some good things against the Giants. Uh, Josh Harvey is more of a dime type player, but he's getting more work in base, uh, so he's doing good. Um, so and then Sean Dion, you know, at Alabama before he got his injury, you know, him and Ruben Foster were probably the best linebacker tandem in college football. So. Um, a lot to like about these guys, but now it's just a matter of getting in there and see who the best ones are.
1: Uh, Jay, you mentioned the, yesterday the idea of possibly keeping a fullback. You do have one on the roster in, in Wellman.
2: What have you seen from him? And Are P, Ryan and Kelly, if you actually went that way with them, do they need to change anything with their body? Or do you think like they could do it if you had to now? Yeah, I don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see on that. But Wilma's done a good job. you know. I'd like to run some fullback runs for our defense so they get used to seeing some of that stuff so they can uh, get themselves ready because we do play a lot of teams that have a fullback. Um, and then we have a lot of those regular runs that we call regular with the fullback that are very good. And the play actions off of them are very good. So like I said before, it's just going to be a matter of uh, how good he does on special teams and whether or not we want to carry that package on game day. yesterday and shows and, uh, um, great strength and, and uh, power in the hole, which is important, and he can catch. Uh, as far as Rob and Samaje, you know, that's just, that's just kind of a, a maybe thing, you know, if <laughs> we'll have to
0: wait and see on that. I haven't even told them yet, so don't tell them yet. <laughs> Jay, you've got a, uh, obviously a two-time Pro Bowler at right guard, and Brandon, we know what he brings on the field. Um, he doesn't necessarily enjoy the the media game and chatting and all that but I, I seem to think he's got a little bit of personality to him and and engagement what, what do you what do you see from him off the field just as a teammate just as someone who uh yeah you know,
2: brandon is uh yeah he, he's he's great you know he's uh there's nothing bad to say about the guy he's he's a, he's a fun guy to be around he's uh Uh, But he's a very focused guy on his craft. You know what I mean? He worked extremely hard. Uh, When he's here, he's all in on football. You know, every drill, every period, it's all about football. Every meeting, um, there's no nonsense about him. Uh, Off the field after that, uh, he'll have his fun. He likes to hunt and all that stuff. But uh, as far as being a football player, you know, the term football player, Brandon Sheriff is definitely a football player.
1: Coach. Coach Tony tells me I get the last question here. Uh, Quentin Dunbar, when you first moved him from wide receiver over to this position on the DBs, did you imagine the progression to where he'd now be fighting for that spot opposite of Norman?
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's a great tribute to him and his work, you know, but, uh, you know, when you have that type of speed and that type of length, you know, you try to find a spot for a guy with that type of athletic ability and Quentin's done a good job of buying in and and making the adjustment um, now with the opportunity he has in front of him it's gonna be up to him whether he you know takes the next step or, or, or whatever but uh, I have total faith that Quentin can uh, do a lot of great things you see him out here running and covered and um, getting more comfortable with the position um, but when I made the change with him, did I ever think I had hopes he's very good on special teams that's why I thought we had to keep him somewhere, some shape or form, but I didn't know if I'd make, be a starter this
1: quick, uh, compete for a starting job. So that's a great tribute to him and his work. D'Angelo Hall announced his retirement at training camp. We'll get to what he had to say next. It's the Locked On Redskins podcast.
3: You are Locked On Redskins, your daily
0: podcast on the Washington Redskins,
1: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The start of the NFL regular season is actually right around the corner. In this season, don't sit around watching the Redskins from home when you could be at FedEx Field in the crowd cheering on in person thanks to Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is offering locked on Redskins listeners 10% off your first ticket order when you use the exclusive promo code LOCKED ON. That's LOCKED ON. New customers only, and this offer is only good through the end of August, so you got to get started right away. Preseason and regular season tickets are available now. The Redskins kick off their home schedule on September 16th against the Colts, and you can be there for all the excitement go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter promo code locked on for 10 percent off your first order the offseason's over the nfl is back and vivid seats wants to help you get to the game
0: you are locked on redskin so
1: d'angelo hall announced his retirement at a training camp and there's a long career he's one of those guys that spent a long time within the organization fan favorite remember he picked off jay cutler four times once in a game He announced his retirement, had a long press conference. I thought at first that I was just going to play parts of it, but then I went and listened to it, and it's just so good. He's so good in front of the media, as a speaker, in front of people. He's definitely going to get into broadcasting, there's no question. He throws shade at Jay Cutler. I mean, listen, it's no surprise that he officially announced that retirement. There were rumors out there months ago. He came on with myself and uh, Chris Russell on 106.7 The Fan and talked about it when the rumors were out there and basically hinted to us that, yeah, he was probably going to retire, but he left the door open. But in the end, this is exactly the way that it should have gone for him. So even though I thought that I would maybe shorten this down for you a little bit, I realized hell, this is a podcast. I get to do whatever the hell I want. 19 minutes worth of D'Angelo Hall. I put the whole thing in here. It's why we're doing this. No guest or anything today because it's just that good. It's something you need to hear. Here's D'Angelo Hall.
3: I tried to break the story. Where John at?
1: Unofficially broke the story, John. Where's John Kahn
3: I saw him on the field. Yes, guys, so you probably have heard, I'm sure you heard months ago, but after 14 seasons of professional football, I will be officially retiring um, today. I was joking around a little bit, um, and so I told someone uh, a statement. I was doing an interview for Sports Illustrated, and I said I was always taught Even as a young kid, I came in this league at 20 years old. And I had a room full of veteran guys. And no one was intimidated, no one was scared, prideful of me coming in taking their spot. It was open arms. I was taught every bit of knowledge that I was able to keep passing down along the lines. And I've always said, when I retire, it's going to be because I felt like I've taught the guys behind me, I'm getting a little choked up, enough to succeed and ultimately take my spot. When I felt like I couldn't make plays or be the same player that I always thought I was, I knew it was, you know, time to go. And, you know, last season, you know, it was a lot of ups and downs for myself personally. Um, probably didn't start the way I would have liked to on PUP. Didn't really, you know, I could make a lot of excuses, but at the end of the day, um, you know, father time catches up with us all. and so. Um, you know, I I made the comment to Sports Illustrated how I I couldn't understand how a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, who I was in, his, was in my draft, I'm really good friends with Ben, still talk to him to this day. Um, how he would feel intimidated by a guy like Mason Rudolph and and make the comment, man, you know, I, I hope I hope they don't expect me to you know help him um, and. You know, I just think it goes back to maybe when he was brought in as a rookie, he did not get that kind of tutelage from the older guys. Maybe those guys were intimidated and felt some kind of way about him. But from the moment I stepped into Atlanta, I never once felt like that. So my whole mindset was always to try to give the young guys as much knowledge and understanding and the lessons that I've learned along the way as possible. And, um, you know, I felt like, like, you know, like I said earlier, I felt like I, I did that. Um some by default <laughs> and some by, you know, really, really, really trying to pour into them. And um, that's how I've always tried to play football. Um, as I'm saying this, you know, a couple of people I want to thank along the way, obviously is, you know, a lot of the coaches I played with, um, a lot of you guys probably know the stigma of who D'Angelo Hall is or was, or um, the hoopla about uh, me being a me guy and, you know, A a, a ton of coaches, like I said, along the way, and I'm I'm not going to sit here and name all of them because I'd be here all day. But I especially want to thank Mike Shanahan for 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 challenging me to be a great player and a great leader. Um, Prior to Mike coming here to Washington, you know, all I really cared about was Pro Bowls and making plays. And I knew by making those plays, I would help the team win. And I thought that was enough. And you know, until Mike sat me down and really challenged me to to be more than just a playmaker, to to, to be a leader. Um, you know, if it wasn't for Mike kind of really opening my eyes to who I could be, I, I probably wouldn't be the person I am today. And so special thanks to uh, to Mike Shanahan along with the slew of other guys, um, other coaches. Dan Schneider obviously for taking a chance on me. Bruce for keep bringing me back injury after injury when I should have been probably gone a couple years ago. Um, Vinnie Serrato and that staff for even taking a chance on me when Oakland cut me. And, you know, midway through the season, people thought that I couldn't play football and thought I did something wrong there when it was really just, Rest in peace, Al Davis. But it was really just Al being Al, you know. Al marched to the beat of his own drum, as a lot of you guys probably know, who, who've covered sports for a long time. And um, though that was one of the most challenging moments in my career, I wouldn't change a thing because if I wasn't humbled by that experience, I probably wouldn't be standing right here today. And so, um, special shout out and thanks to you know all those guys, my wife Jada my six beautiful kids who I've neglected for years and years and years, and now I finally get to be a taxi driver, Uber driver, whatever you want to say. Um, so i kind of wrap that up because I can ramble on all day. Any questions? Uh, if I could have played against Jay Cutler more, I probably would be in the Hall of Fame right now. But. Didn't quite work out. I got stuck on 43 picks for the last couple of years here now. And so I always take pride in being the youngest guy to 30 interceptions. Now, someone told me this, so y'all fact check me. Youngest guy to 30 interceptions, youngest guy to 40. And I thought I was going to be the youngest of 50, but, you know, hadn't had one in five years. So it didn't come anymore. But, um, yeah, any, any questions? Yeah.
2: Besides being an Uber driver, do you have what's, what's next for D'Angelo Hall? You got some things? Yeah, yeah, Lined up?
3: yeah. Um, I do, I do. You guys kind of saw me out on the field with a couple other guys, um, two of my business partners over here, um, Marcellus and uh, Andreas, and we're uh, you know we're bringing one of the one of the first. Uh, devices 3d devices that you don't need goggles for um you know my kids sit in movie theaters i can't even take them to 3d movies because i feel like i waste my money because 15 20 minutes through anybody who has kids probably knows this 15 20 minutes through the movie they're taking the goggle, you know the glasses off and i'm like Man, like you can't see it if you don't leave the glasses on And no i can see it it's not the same though son and so um you know i'm with a company called cubex q-o-o-b-e-x and um I'm sorry. That's my phone. Uh, that's that's probably my wife. I guess I probably should have told her I was going to do this, but it was it was kind of spur of the it was kind of spur of the moment, guys. It was kind of spur of the moment. Um, but, I, you know, I, I felt like I've been dragging my feet on making my announcement. But, it, it, you know, I knew I wasn't playing. And that's kind of what I go back to with John. If, if he's in here, I told John, like, where's John at? okay i told john like you know i I probably i played i played my last game and you know after me and john had a little back and forth i didn't mean to discredit john by any means john's a great journalist and great reporter and i told john you know we had a you know a lot of conversations about kind of how the story leaked and i said john like i've known you for years and normally if you're going to run with something you would tell me like officially and i said john i never said officially you got to get the officially part of it and so um someone was asking me today and i said officially retiring as of today and so john you broke the story six months ago or five or so months ago but you're just a little bit too 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 soon i wanted to figure out what i was doing next um prior to that and so um i figured that out i'll be doing some tv stuff too um be doing some national stuff um and some maybe some regional stuff we'll see D'Angelo,
1: every single Redskins DB I've ever interviewed over the years has singled you out as being instrumental to their own personal development. How does it make you feel to think that you've had such a positive impact on multiple generations of defensive backs? Um, You know, it makes me feel great.
3: You know, like I said, if you'd have asked anybody who – I'm not, I'm not even gonna say who, but I, I I had a chance to go to the combine with the Redskins as as a front office guy and, and and sit in some meetings and see coaches and that I hadn't seen in years. Some coaches who had talked about drafting me and things like that, and coaches I played for along the way, and for them to have the response they they had about my growth as a person, um, like I said, it just goes back to a lot of those lessons I learned along the way and. You know, coming into this league, I I never thought I'd be talked about as a guy who was instrumental in helping mold other other young corners and other young football players and, um, you know, having guys follow me, um, you know, until Mike Shanahan, like I said, sat me down. I I never thought I had that kind of influence. You know, I knew I was kind of cool, but <laughs> I didn't know I was you know, that cool that guys hung on my every word. But, you know, when Mike kind of opened my eyes to that, I you know, I kind of made it a point to, and I was always a, a lazy guy in practice. I You know, I always felt like, you know, let me just kind of get a look with my eyes and, you know, I'll make the play in the game. And it wasn't until Mike like, you know, told me like, well D, if you don't make the play in practice, if guys see you doing that, they're going to think they can do that and you know it wasn't until i said oh maybe you're right mike and and so we started trying to ramp it up and i personally started to ramp it up and you know try to lead by example instead of you know talking about it all the time and so um but you know it's a blessing man. You know I've had a lot of trials and tribulations along the way but I wouldn't change a thing about my career because it you know it's all made me who I am. It's all taught me so many different lessons man. Everybody wants to win but I I tell my sons all the time, my daughters too, you learn so much more when you lose. Because when you win you tend to not care about the mistakes. When you lose you got to figure out, man, why did I lose? So every single time you're nitpicking something and so Um, you know, I just tried to, you know, teach those guys to, you know, learn, learn from their mistakes, learn from those lessons. And, um, you know, but I'm blessed to, 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 to be able to, uh, you know, help guide, guide young guys and, you know, mentor guys along the way. D'Angelo, uh, you made a couple of stops in your career, but you know uh, you grew up in Chesapeake, watching the Redskins on Sunday. So, did you envision uh, that this would ever happen? You know, making a stop in Washington and ultimately finishing your career in DC. Um, team? <laughs> I came on a draft meeting up here uh, pre-draft, and it was you know I can vividly remember like it was yesterday. It was myself, Sean Taylor, Kellen Winslow, Jonathan Vilma. Um, and DJ Williams and we were, you know, we we're all out to dinner with the coaches, they brought us all out together and you know, I'm the lone VTech guy. Back then it was Big East, so it was VTech, you know, in Miami, you know, that was a rivalry. And so I'm sitting at the table with all these guys and they're talking about how great they are and this and that and you know, I'm, you know I'm, I was a cocky guy. And so I'm kind of in the middle of the table and I'm like, look man, end of the day, I didn't go to Miami, but I'm better than all y'all, period. Like hands down, I could've I could've went to Miami. I just chose not to, and so you know the debate kept going, and the coaches had to calm us down. It got real heated, and so you know sitting at a draft uh, dinner with the Redskins and them having just traded Champ Bailey, I really thought, you know, wow, I'm I'm, I'm gonna be a Washington Redskin. They drafted Sean Taylor, which he was the better player, obviously, um, but you know when I was cut from From Oakland and I had the opportunity to come back here well even prior to being cut from Oakland I had a little falling out with the Atlanta front office and staff there and I can remember sitting at the combine uh, meeting with Jim Zorn and a couple other coaches Greg Blash and Vinnie Serato was the GM at the time and uh, you know I thought I had a chance to come to Washington via trade um, from Atlanta but they couldn't we end up working out a deal but uh Arthur Blank the owner of the Falcons and uh Mr. Snyder couldn't work out the I guess the the compensation for that deal. So I had to go to the the only place that would take me um or the only place that only other place that we had a deal worked out which was Oakland. So I ended up in Oakland and so when when I had opportunity and I was released from there and I had opportunity to come back here um to finish those those 8 games out of that 2008 season. You know, it was a no brainer. And never did I think I would re-sign. I just was like, all right, let's finish this season and, you know, and go from there. And so to be a kid from Chesapeake, Virginia, to play at Virginia Tech and and, and grow up a, a huge Daryl Green fan and Washington Redskin fan, I mean, it's been it's been a dream. You know, it's been a dream to put on the burgundy and gold for the past ten years and and, 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 and try to win football games. You know, that, that that championships eluded me in every facet of my football career, but um, I still feel blessed. I, I feel fulfilled. Um, my wife bought me another ring. It's not a Super Bowl ring, but it's another ring. So um, I have a ring, not the one I wanted, but I'll take it. But um, just blessed, man. Just blessed to have grown up in this area and. And get to play for the team you grew up rooting for. A, a, a lot of guys can't say that. A couple different points about Virginia Tech. Um, you know, I, I really wasn't highly, highly recruited, like you see some of the guys now. I probably was a four-star. I don't even know if they put stars out back then. I probably was a four-star. Um, I kind of got gained a lot of momentum late in the recruiting process. Um, I committed to Tech as a as a junior and a lot of people might think I'm lying when I tell this story but I went to a game with my high school football coach who was a a punter at Virginia Tech David Cox down at Deep Creek and I remember seeing a girl on the sidelines while well, I was in the stands I remember seeing a girl on the sidelines who was cheering and I was like man she is gorgeous you know I'm like I'm coming here cuz I'm I'm gonna find her you know and and so I ended up at Virginia Tech probably for that reason, along with, obviously, I had a great relationship with Coach Beamer and a lot of those coaches. Um, But I ended up finding my wife there. That was my wife. And I I, I ran up on her in the cafeteria freshman year, (laughs) took her ID off her plate, found out what her name was, and proceeded to stalk her for the next six to eight months until I finally got a date with her. Um, So that's the romantic version. But the coaching staff and the guys at Virginia Tech, you know, I was put in, into their Hall of Fame a couple years ago. And, you know, I told Coach Beamer, I'm like, man, you know, I, I appreciate this honor, but I don't know if I deserve it. You know, I, I felt like my time at Virginia Tech was so short. I was so focused on one goal, and it was, you know, it was just trying to make it to the NFL that I really didn't feel as though I deserved to be. Uh, you know, uh, a Virginia Tech Hall of Famer. Um, But those guys, man, just the lessons they taught me along the way I grew up without a a dad. And, you know, to have Coach Foster, my DB coach, Lorenzo Ward, Coach Beamer, all those guys, Coach Steinspring, my recruiting coordinator, um, down there at Tech and offensive coordinator. You know, to have those guys, those are guys that I still talk to to this day. You know, um, I hope my son picks Virginia Tech. I'm still trying to sway them, but, um, it's but it's, it's, it's been just a blessing, man. You know, I, like I said, I went to that school for one reason and left there just enamored with the culture there, the guys, the players. Um, I mean, it's really, you know, every everybody talks about their college being a family atmosphere, but, you know, Virginia Tech, you know, it really was for me. It was a support system for me. I was 17 years old when I left high school to go to college and, you know, those coaches made a promise to my mom, and they never once uh, turned away from what they told my mom they were going to do. And that was take care of me and help turn me into a man. And so I, I, I thank those guys from the bottom of my heart for everything they did for me along the way and everything they still do to this day. D-Hall, what's your message to the fans? Last thing I say, what's the message to the Redskins Nation? Um. My message to Redskins Nation is uh, is is a simple one. It's it's, it's it's really a thank you. You know, thank you for uh, for putting up with a with a with a knucklehead and giving him the the chance to mature and grow and learn uh, over the years. Uh, you know, I made my fair share of plays and I gave up my fair share of plays um, as well. But just just hang in there. You know, hang in there. I know things haven't always been sunny. But you know, you look at what this you know what this organization's been able to do the last couple of years, and you can actually see a clear direction in where we want to go. Um, you can see the players they're bringing in. You know, you see around the league and other you know other other guys and other situations that come up. You know, you don't see it in this locker room, and so you know this is going to be you know a hell of a football team, and I look forward to rooting for them day in and day out. Um, you know, I t- I just was joking with Jay and Bruce. I'm like. Now we decide to draft all the D linemen. You know, I could have used some of those D linemen back in the day. Um, But, you know, you can just see the clear direction, the clear focus, and everybody's on the same page. And that camaraderie and teamwork is what's going to ultimately get these guys over the hump. And, I mean, you can see it. You can see it in the position battles. You can see it in the one on one battles and in the constant competition with each other that these guys really love each other and it's a brotherhood. And, you know, everybody asks me, what am I going to miss? I'm not going to necessarily miss catching interceptions because I haven't had one in five years. I'm not going to miss making plays. Cause I hadn't made many in the last couple of years because of injuries. But I'm going to miss just hanging out with the guys. You know, I'm going to miss being in the locker room. I'm going to miss the jokes. I'm going to miss going to dinner, even though I end up picking up the check half the time. Um, but I'm going to miss that part of it. and. Um, you know, hopefully I can still, you know, come around as much as, as as possible and and still try to pour into these young guys. But, you know, I'm really going to miss that part of of, of of playing football. You know, it's really that that camaraderie and that brotherhood that, um you know, that we all share. And so not going to miss going out there, running around, hitting people. Um, I'm not going to miss that at all. You know, I'm going to miss hanging out with the fellas. And so even being out here, on, you know, on the field, you know, I, I, I was starting to miss it a little bit. Just miss, miss hanging with the guys, not, not running around at all. And so, um, you know, I'm going to miss
1: that part of it for sure.
3: Thank you, guys.
1: See, like I said, D'Angelo Hall was worth it, right? I couldn't cut that down. There was just too much in there. He's just that good. I right, remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Nick Ashew, nickashew.com slash Redskins for a bunch of other Redskins content and blogs and all that kind of good stuff. There's stuff all over the website. Make sure you check it out. We'll keep doing this. Look, there are going to be times where it's just about player sound, what guys said at training camp, because you may not get an opportunity to hear that. I got access to all that stuff. So it's something unique that I get to bring to the table for you that not everybody's going to be able to do. Plus, we'll have guests that are live down there, So come back Monday, whole new week of Locked on Redskins podcast for you. Uh, It's been doing really well. Really appreciate all of you listening, downloading, subscribing. Apparently people in Germany, Switzerland, England, Canada are Redskins fans. I can't believe the global reach of this podcast actually has. It's been a great start. It's been a fun first week. I'm really looking forward to it. Stay interactive with me, at Nick Ashew on Twitter. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast.
0: You are locked on Redskins.